So Quigs, I know you're a tattoo guy. You know, I, I don't have any ink myself, but I know you have quite a number of tattoos. And did you see this guy who got a premature Eagles Super Bowl tattoo? <laughs> I didn't see this. Okay, so... I didn't see it. I always laugh at people who do this. Oh, it's, it's so like, asinine. It's insane. That's honestly insane to me. Um, and like... so. All right, so he got... A Super Bowl Eagles Super Bowl champions tattoo. Yes, for this year, and okay, this is maybe one of the best. Like by best, I mean most ridiculous. It's not quite a cover up, but like I guess addend or addendums that you could make to a tattoo. <laughs> so this guy got the the Eagles tattoo, and then he added a crying Jordan above it to. <laughs> <laughs> to really emphasize just how how painful this all was i think it's hysterical i wouldn't do it myself i think it's a very bold choice there cotton but you know <laughs> props to this guy for going for it so i'm looking at it now the the crying jordan portion of the tattoo is beautifully done it like is beautifully great done detail. yeah yeah god damn i just i will never understand the like, listen, I know people are like, oh, I'm so confident I'm going to get a tattoo. But it's like, that's so dumb. Like, that's on you forever. For your whole for ass life. Ever. Yeah. Until you, de- you're, you die and your body, like, decomposes in the casket. Which is what everybody <laughs> likes to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Warm, comforting still, thoughts like, right there. That's on you for your entire whole entire ass life and i just i don't get how people do that at all so but you know what this is a good way this really really is a good way to like kind of self-own in like a positive way yes. be like yep i did that here's my crying jordan tattoo like i can appreciate this move quite a bit actually it's a hell i would of never a do it but i appreciate it hell of a pivot yeah. yeah and i wanted to take this opportunity to announce my first tattoo and that's going to be of 76er slam dunk competition champion, Mac McClung. I, I think there's no way that this guy isn't a legend for the Sixers. You know, they, sure, they signed him out of the G League, right? He was nobody. Yeah. And then for some reason, he was wearing a Sixers jersey in the slam dunk competition over the All-Star weekend. And, you know, how could this possibly go wrong? So I'm going to get a giant Mac McClung tattoo of him dunking on my chest. He's... I mean, he's going to beat, he's going to, like, Joel Embiid's time as the, like, king of Philadelphia sports is numbered. It's true. Well, you know, I think Jalen Hurts uh, actually already uh, ousted him from the king, unfortunately. Well, his time is numbered, too. Yeah, but it's all, it's Max McClung's world, we're just living in it. Yeah, it is. I mean, what, I mean, what else is there to say? He's clearly the best athlete in Philadelphia, possibly the United States, maybe the world. Not a bit of hyperbole in what you just said. No, not at all. This guy's going to be a stud of a basketball player. Like, I mean, Michael Jordan is the crying Jordan meme because he knows that all of his records are about to be broken. By Mac McClung. By Mac McClung. Mac McClung. 
Someone named Mac Mc... And he looks like McClung. he looks like exactly what you would expect Mac McClung to look like. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, he has like that weird haircut. Just wow. He's got to be the really something the dorkiest looking slam dunk competition winner of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny. Like I don't know anything about it. I didn't know he existed till a couple days ago. I didn't either. And I, I know nothing of him. He might be a really nice kid. He might be a nice guy. Oh, yeah. But, like, I have no idea. Like, he, it's, I mean, he does. He looks like the name. If the name Matt, Mac McClung, if you could visualize it, that's exactly what he looks like. It honestly has a real hockey ring to it. Like, if you told me Mac McClung was a hockey player playing in Manitoba, I'd believe you. I could see someone named Mac McClung being like a backup goalie on an AHL team. A hundred percent. Sure. On the Columbus Blue Jackets specifically. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For the Lake Erie Monsters. Yeah. The Lake Erie Monsters who actually had some, was it the Cleveland Monsters? I don't know. There was some cool jersey I or, saw from yeah, the Monsters the other day. It might be the Lake. I think it's the Lake Erie Monsters. That makes more sense. But I don't know. I saw a cool jersey with them. But, you know, I'm I'm in love with Mac McClung. I'm going to do a shot-for-shot remake of the E.T. ripoff in Canada, Mac and me, with Mac McClung, where it's (laughs) me and Mac McClung hanging out. And I'm in a wheelchair and going down a cliff. And then he sticks his head up and goes, are you familiar with Mac and me? I'm just going off on this. I have I'm no not. idea. I, of course you're not. I'm not. Mac and me. <laughs> I don't know anything. Mac and me is an 80s Canadian film that is a such a blatant <laughs> ripoff of E.T. And every time Paul Rudd appears on Conan O'Brien's show over the years, he plays a clip of Mac and me where he's supposed to play a clip from his upcoming movie. That's amazing it's amazing that's why i love paul rudd so much and you know what that's part of the reason why i wasn't devastated that the uh chiefs won the super bowl because my man paul rudd was happy i'll, I'll tell the you the only what. time i haven't been I'll happy for paul rudd was that that day <laughs> yeah so i don't know where you stand like in your man crush power rankings but like paul rudd is i think he's number one for me He's certainly up there. I don't really, I, I would have to think about my rankings. You've got me on the spot here and I don't really have my rankings offhand, but he's up there for sure. I, I he's just, he's just so wholesome. You know, there's just something about Paul he's Rudd. Great. He's just, yeah. he's great. Have you seen the video of him and Jason Siegel like high as fuck during like a promotional interview for their movie? Uh, I love you, man. I think I have. Yeah. It's the, fu- it's so funny. Stuff like that. He's just great. You know, all shucks. I love Paul Rudd. You know, he's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. he's great. He's Uh, awesome. He's great. He's awesome. And you know, it's not great and awesome. Your Philadelphia hockey flyers. And folks, before we get fully into it, I just have a quick programming announcement. It's going to be a short one this week. This is going to be a shorty. This might set the flyperbole speed record for being the shortest podcast we have. But you know what? You're getting some tangy tent regardless. It's brand. It's free. It's new. Hooray. Oh, wow. How about that? And it won't be a while until the next podcast because we'll just be back next week. And I'm sure it'll go over an hour. This one will be under an hour. Sorry, not sorry. I think I got everything in there. I'll throw Flavortown just to get everything in there. I was going to say, you just hit like... You just hit like three like inside like fly purbly inside jokes in that one sentence. That was amazing. 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of that in practice. Amazing. Years of doing yeah. this has really just warped my brain into just nonsense at this point. And I <laughs> yeah. do, I say, I do the Owen Wilson oh wow around my friends. Like I was hanging out on vacation when I was at the Finger Lakes earlier this year, and I was just sitting there like playing cards. I was like, oh wow, and <laughs> my friend who doesn't listen to the show just instinctively did the same oh wow, and I was just yeah. like, oh yeah. And Emily's sitting there across the table like, oh, this is my fucking life. <laughs> My girlfriend's the same. Like, we'll be sitting there just watching TV, and then, like, the the Burger King Whopper commercial comes on. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, now she's doing it. And so it's, yeah. It's, it's infectious. It's honestly contagious. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is contagious. Absolutely. If you or a loved one wow. has been overexposed to fly hyperbole, dial 555-LAWYER-UP, and you may have a case <laughs> on your hands. I'm here for you, Albuquerque. <laughs> Better call Saul. <laughs> So, Better call Saul. Let's talk about our flyers that we unfortunately have to talk about on our flyers podcast. And uh, our, our our good pals just completed a trip of the Northwest, and it didn't go well for them, which is good for us because we are all aboard the tank train. One three and zero. Oh, they beat the Flames, who were maybe the most inconsistent team this side of the Flyers. And they got completely yeah. smoked by the Seattle Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks. And they blew a lead against the Oilers. So what a trip. It was a weird trip. Like, the all right. Let me let me take a look back at this. Because, like, they... Hold on. They got beat 6-2 to two by both the Kraken and the Canucks. Amazing consistency yes. there. I love, I love that Dave Hackstall is just exacting his revenge on the Flyers right now. And I mean, it's just, it's poetic, honestly. Of course he is. It's it's funny to look back at my opinions from a few years ago saying like, hey, I think Ron Hextall had a plan and he just didn't get a chance to, you know, fully see it through. And Hextall was a problem. They took a swing and it didn't work out. And now Ron Hextall is getting roasted in Pittsburgh. Just, and justifiably so. That team is struggling yeah. for a playoff spot right now. And... They probably shouldn't be. He probably should have been able to just make a couple adjustments and he hasn't done shit, which it will not be a surprise to anybody who's followed the Philadelphia Flyers for the past decade. And Dave Hackstall is living his best life. He's in the top three in the division right now. Seattle Kraken in their second, is it second year at this point? Third? Uh, yes, second year. Second year, yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. They're young, and they're crushing it this year. They're actually doing really well. So that wasn't a surprise that the Kraken would beat the pants off the Flyers, because they're a good team this year. The Canucks have had one of the worst... That's the weird one. One of the worst coach firings I've seen since... Oh, God, since Vegas handed their... Or was it Florida? It was the same coach for both Vegas and Florida. Who's the guy who's with the, the Rangers now? I'm forgetting his name for some reason. Uh, Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant got that sad Uber because the team fired him and wouldn't pay for his way back. So the, the Bruce Boudreaux situation was probably the worst coach situation since that. And this is a team that's already sold Bo Horvat, and they're not good. So they really shouldn't have beat the pants off the Flyers, but they beat the pants off the Flyers. So that's the Flyers for you. They're just inconsistent and unpredictable. And that game gave us another good Tortorella like soundbite thing. Like after the game, he was just having none of it. And why would he? They played like actual dog shit that night. Um, they did play wait, like was dog it the shit. Cra- that was the Kraken game, actually. I think. Yeah. 
But then they played. It was one of the games. They played yeah. like dog shit against the Canucks too. And it, again, yeah. it's the same score. So it's really hard to tell which game is which. But regardless, Torts decided that the person to blame for all of this, there was a clear scapegoat here. And that would be one Travis Sanheim, guy who just signed a monster extension <laughs> at the beginning of the season. He benched Sanheim, and not only did he bench Sanheim, but he benched Sanheim for what is essentially his hometown game in Calgary. Like, he's not from yeah. Calgary, but his family's close enough. They showed up the previous times they've been, been in Calgary. He played for the Calgary Hitmen back in the day, which, by the way, elite, elite minor league name right there is the Calgary Hitmen. That's a great it's name, like, yeah. It's such an insane name to put out there as the name of a sports team but I, I love it i love that they went for it but regardless this is basically sandheim's home turf here this is like bench and tony d'angelo in philly <laughs> guess no it's not oh. obviously not the comparison there but sandheim has joined the club with d'angelo and kevin hayes and travis Konechny as guys who have been benched by torts and you know it, it, i i totally understand why he would bench him for a game because he didn't play well in those games, but yeah, to do it in this He's game, been very hit or miss all year for sure. For sure. But to do it in this game is a special, you know, an extra kind of shitty. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, it is. And like, honestly, that seems to be something And maybe this is just coincidental. I don't know, but like torts also benched Kevin Hayes in Kevin Hayes returned to New York. So like, I mean, it's not like Kevin Hayes hasn't faced the Rangers before as a member of the Flyers. Like, he has. But you would imagine that that's a game that Kevin Hayes would like to play, you know, against his former team. Like, every player always has a chip on their shoulder when they play their or their old team. And so the same thing happened with him. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what led to the benching, like, behind closed doors. And he'll never tell you. At the end of the day, he just, no, 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 absolutely not. But, like, tr I mean, I do get it because, like, Sanaheim hasn't been playing well exactly. But at the same time, it's like, come on, dude. Like, let him play in front of his family. Right. And he kind of, yeah, that, that's kind of bogus that that happened, that it worked out that way. Well, but. And especially because this team, like, who gives a shit? Like, I know Torts is obviously yeah. committed to winning every game that he can. But, like... This team ain't winning a cup. It ain't sniffing the cup. It's not even allowed to see the cup in person, okay? It's not coming close. So, who cares? Play him for one more game, then bench him against Edmonton, you know? And, again, yeah. it seems like he did this on purpose. We, we'll never know what happened because Torts will talk all day about defending certain people's decisions to not, you know, play in warm-ups, but he won't talk for even 30 seconds on why he benched a guy for hockey reasons. Like the media is asking, why have you made this hockey decision? And he's like, that's personal. Well, and it's, it's weird. It's his view of guys changes very sporadically. Like um, at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the season, he was, he had had it with Travis Konechny. He benched him. And then now Travis Konechny, like when you ask, John Tortorella, any question about Travis Konechny, he gushes about him. And so, like, that seems to just be what he does. He, like, he gets a player, drives him crazy, he benches the player, and then after that, he loves them again. Yeah. And I won't be shocked at all. Like, that's just kind of his tactic. I don't know um, if he's trying to redirect the attention off the player onto him 
to kind of like counteract the player's negative, like not so great play. Um, but like whatever he does, like he does end up falling back in love with certain players. It's, it seems Kevin Hayes isn't quite his, uh, still isn't necessarily one of his favorites, but he, you know, he has said some positive things about Hayes recently, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And like, I guarantee you in a few weeks, like he'll probably have some glowing things to say about, about Travis and I'm early on in the, in the season when they, when the flyers sent Cam York down, and now Cam York's back up, and he just he he loves Cam York now. Oh, for sure. So it's it really does change. It's a very interesting. Um, Torts is an interesting guy. Yeah, he's an interesting coach to like cover. You know, it's certainly more interesting than it's been in the past. I just wonder, and this is something we were discussing in the Slack the other day. Is this the kind of behavior that if we had more of an emotional connection to this team, if we cared more about this team as a whole, that would bother us more? Because, like, I just kind of find it funny in the current state. I, I thought it was a little disrespectful in, to bench him in front of what is essentially, like, the game where his family would come and see him. But I also just don't care that much because this team, it ain't it. No. No, it's not at all. And... um. Listen, I think I there's there's so many problems with this team that like the coach benching somebody boohoo. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like the worst thing so many other horrible things have been going on with this team when it comes to injuries and off-ice situations that you know if someone gets benched because I mean again, they Tr- Sandheim has not been playing that well. No, no. So like it's not like it's undeserved that he got benched. It's just the timing of it. But you know what? Like Everyone will prevail. The sun will come up in the morning. I wouldn't have done it this way, but like, I guess Torres wanted to send a message. And I don't even, who knows if he even knew that. Oh, he knows. Sanheim was going to be having. He knows this stuff. I mean, like, I I think he absolutely knows this stuff. I find this very intentional on Torres' part. Like, he plays these games. He's 100% a guy who who will play these kind of mind games with players. And look, it, it did work with Cam York. It's worked with other guys. And. You can't really argue if you're looking at the coaching experience as a positive so far. You can't really argue with the results he's gotten out of the club he has because this team should be worse than it's been. This team absolutely has overperformed. I'm not happy about them overperforming. I wish they were worse than they are, but they have overperformed and that's his system, I think, entirely. No, absolutely. And like, that's kind of how everything goes with Torts as the head coach. Like we, before we, before the Flyers even hired him, we knew what was going to happen here. We knew that, um, you know, look at his time with Columbus. He jumps in there and he takes a wild card team to the playoffs or like a, just a really bad team to the playoffs in the wild card spot. And then they sweep the Tampa Bay lightning in a historical campaign. Like they were the, best team ever <laughs> or like one of the best teams ever and they swept the lightning and it just it makes no sense that's what he does he gets the best out of his teams with little to work with and I guess that's one positive you can take into next season is like oh well if he made them look really bad last year like if they make some improvements this offseason then they <laughs> could actually be maybe maybe actually good next year but like that's what you sign up for when Torch is your coach you you expect to be better than you actually are. Oh, and man. it's frustrating because I know a lot of fans want the team to be bad so they can get a better draft pick or, um, or like 
engage in an actual rebuild like they really should be doing. Um, but with Torts here, he's he, he's he's making them better than they are. And y- you know what? Like it is frustrating sometimes because as much as the Flyers do need to kind of reset, it is good to see the culture changing a little bit and seeing guys give more effort out on the ice. Yeah. Like I would like to see guys who are actually good giving more effort out on the ice, but that's not Torts' problem. That's that's a problem for the general manager. Yeah, this is this is where you and I will will continue to disagree because I do not view any of this as a good thing. I think this team needs to burn it all to the ground and, and build anew. But you know, it is what it is. It's what we have. Uh, they have fifty six points in fifty nine games played at this point. Eight points behind the Panthers for a playoff spot. And, you know, saying that with a straight face was really difficult. I'm not going to lie. And they are 15 points ahead of the Blue Jackets, who are doing a great job tanking. Four points ahead of the Habs in the East and 24th in the NHL overall at the moment. Johnny Gaudreau is getting the last laugh after all. Yeah, I think Johnny Gaudreau, he's making a lot of money and getting the last laugh. But... Maybe not as much money as he should, but, you know, whatever. Like, that team is going to be set up better than the Flyers within a couple of years. I can almost guarantee it. And just, this team makes me sad. In, in all likelihood, the Blue Jackets are either going to get Connor Bedard, Leo Carlson, Matvey Mishkov, or Adam Fantilli. And those are all, like, kind of can't-miss prospects. Meanwhile, the Flyers will be exceptionally lucky to get even one of those players. Yeah, I mean, the the thing with the Flyers at this point is I need them to hold on to the bottom 10 because the bottom 10 is the only shot they have at even, like, having a lottery ball. And they're in there right now, but they gotta sell. And they're not getting around to the selling quick enough. I know the trade deadline is not for another, like, week or two, but I really, I need somebody to go. I don't know how they don't sell. Like, they can't. They can't if they don't sell, if they if they just do nothing at the trade deadline or they God forbid even like trade for someone, that is just the most delusional, insane shit ever. And I just don't know how like that would be unacceptable, uh, completely unacceptable. Like you have to fire Chuck Fletcher at that point if he if he does nothing or brings in assets. Or like trades assets for like a player, because that's just not where this team is right now. Yeah, I don't, and I don't put it past Fletcher to do that at this point. Like, I know there are people like, there's no way that Chuck, I don't, I don't think Chuck is incapable of doing something like that because I really do think yeah. he is delusional about the state of this franchise. I think it sounds like James Van Riemsdyk is like definitely going to be traded. Um, the question is like what for and who else could be traded like if jvr is the only trade the flyers make on on you know going to the trade deadline like you know it's not great but like it's something i'm okay with that i would like i think you need jvr at minimum but i'd like to get rid of sealer Braun, proveroff yeah uh tda i know those last two aren't likely at this point but i i think those are like off-season moves Right. Well, if you're lucky, but I, I, I just think I would like to see half the team gone, frankly, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're likely to see JVR and maybe Braun 
And I don't even think they're going to deal Sealer. Like, we've heard there's interest in Sealer, but the Flyers are like, no, this guy's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> the third pairing guy is totally worth not selling. Sure. That's a weird, that's like the Nick Sealer hill is a weird hill to die on for the Flyers. Like, And don't get me wrong. Like, I don't dislike Nick Sealer. Like, he's a very, he's a perfectly fine um, sixth or seventh defenseman. And like, that is a valuable thing. But my God, like, if you're going to like stick by a player, like, you know, if you're going to have undying loyalty for someone, make it Claude Giroux. <laughs> yeah. Now you may be sad. No, they, ne- they needed to trade. They needed to trade Claude Giroux. But know, like, but... don't, don't like stand by a player with not the highest value like that. Stand you know what I mean? Like you can man <laughs> stand by me. That's a very different song than what I was going for. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like, just I think... feel like the St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues had the right idea. They've already traded away their two big chips. They traded away Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly is the latest one having gone to the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a trade I actually like for the Maple Leafs for once because they're adding somebody who can play two ways, one of the best defensive centers in the game. That's actually a really good trade on their part and a great win now move. Yeah, O'Reilly got a hat trick the other night. In Buffalo, right? In Buffalo. I saw a thing, I think, was it in Hockey Fights or something? Like a meme where it said uh, somebody woke up from a coma and <laughs> said Jack Eichel and Ryan O'Reilly had hat tricks in Buffalo. <laughs> like, for the Sabres, right? Yeah. No, unfortunately not. Not quite. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, that O'Reilly trade was a fun one. And, like... I don't know. Like there, there is, there have been a lot of interesting trades. Now I'll say this, the, the blue is like, yeah, I know um, O'Reilly's gone and Tarasenko's gone, but apparently they're potentially reportedly in the market for Timo Meyer now. So like, I don't exactly know what they're doing. They're like, it feels like they're almost doing, if they pull off a trade for Timo Meyer, that's like a retool type thing. And I know how much we hate that that phraseology but like it's not an ideal I, phrase I don't know exactly here. what's going on no yeah no i don't know what's going but on there they, either if they don't get timo meyer then this is exactly what you want to see the blues do yeah well honestly like if you're going to do a retool a guy like meyer isn't a bad one to acquire right there because yeah he, he's still kind of young he's kind of young he's pretty good like that's actually a pretty good retool move as opposed to the retool moves the Flyers have made, which are just pfft, terrible. But, you know, I'm glad that they went out and traded their big guns. And uh, I'm still laughing about the fact that the Tarasenko trade pissed off Patrick Kane, who pretty much cried about it in the media <laughs> going like, well, I wasn't very happy when I heard about that. Like, oh, boo-hoo, bud. <laughs> Enjoy being in last place Chicago. I've never seen a player act that way. I've never seen I've never another player got traded. Ever seen somebody go like, "Yeah, I wasn't happy to hear that other guy got traded to the team I wanted to be traded to." Not I in hockey. I wanted to be traded there. Yeah. Like that's yeah, that's wild to me. Honestly, I don't think I've heard that in any sport. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. So <laughs> just blatantly yeah. out there saying that. And it, it's so funny to think that Chicago might have to hold both Kane and Taves at the trade deadline, because I think Taves is actually just too injured to move and took himself yeah, off the block. Some sort of, 
Yeah, I think he's having some sort of effects from COVID or something. COVID, I think some um, autoimmune issues, which yeah. just that's that actually is really awful to hear for him. So that's a shame. Yeah, I will say this though, I would love if Patrick Kane and Eric Carlson get traded to the the Oilers. It would just be like the most insane offense of all time. How wild is it to think about Eric Carlson having the resurgence that he's having? Like I looked on DraftKings the other day and Eric Carlson was the the favorite for the Norris right now, which yeah. is insane wonder, to think about. I wonder what changed for him. Like it like what is it just a different energy that he's feeling this year or like did he do something different or like is there a coach that's I don't know. Like, Maybe he got in contact on, with but... Tom Brady's HGH guy. Yeah, he's on the TB12 method. Yeah, the TB12 method. Yeah, I mean, allegedly, allegedly. Nobody's alleged. There's something crazy that Tom Brady has had to have the longevity that he's had because no 45-year-old man should be playing quarterback in the NFL. But I, you know, I'm sure it's not HGH. That was just a joke. Don't sue me for this TB12 because I know you are a devout listener. You're a Flypaniac, an OG Flypaniac. Oh, yeah. Don't sue me, TB12, please, for the love of God, I have no money. But <laughs> Eric Carlson, there is something in the water out in San Jose different this year, and he's been crushing it. Could you imagine if, like, of all the people we make fun of on this show, if Tom Brady was the one to, like, actually yell at us about something? I would love nothing more at this point. Like, I think Tom Brady <laughs> would have already, like contacted us for you know we've dunked on him a couple times over the years and oh yeah let's not forget that tom brady dropped a pass in the super bowl nick Foles caught it and the eagles won that super bowl oh wow and tom brady never shook nick Foles hand he never did never once he never will he never will salty bitch he also doesn't like strawberries which is fucking crazy it's fucking nuts yeah. yeah, he's a weird guy. He's a weird guy, but he has the secret to longevity. I don't know what it is, and uh, I guess he shared it with Eric Carlson. But yeah, Eric Carlson is going somewhere, and nobody knows where. I So, all right, people are saying Edmonton. I think someone mentioned Tampa. That would be wild if you went to Tampa. Jesus Christ. No, um, don't go to Tampa. Like, I, I, I can't. I mean... At this point, I'm kind of numb to them winning championships, but the people of Tampa yeah. Bay have enjoyed enough stuff. I'm specifically looking at Tom Brady again, and th- they've enjoyed enough recently. Don't enjoy any more sports, okay? The Joe Jorovich. I brought up Joe Jorovich as a Rondi Barber last yeah. week. This All is right. Two weeks ago, two weeks in a row that we've talked yeah. about Joe Jorovich. Listen, Joe fucking Jorovich's ghost is right behind me telling me that I can't have Tampa <laughs> Bay be happy anymore, okay? I don't want this. I don't want these. Get it out of here. Yeah, I don't know. I I like. I'm not tired of Tampa. Or actually, let me rephrase. I don't dislike Tampa, but I am tired of them. I want a change. I want a change of pace. You know, and yeah, like I I want them to be in the playoffs because they're fun to watch. But like, I just don't want them to go on another long run just because. Like I like. So it sounds like it's probably going to be Toronto, Tampa in the first round. I really want Toronto. Like, it would be funny to see Toronto have a meltdown again. But I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm ready to see Tampa kind of get knocked a peg down. That'd be nice. But you know, it's like ugh, Toronto and Tampa. Also, I hate this playoff format. I really hate this playoff format. That shouldn't be a first round matchup. It's terrible. Yeah, ugh, terrible playoff format. NHL so stupid. What a stupid league. 
So trade, <laughs> we got to deal with trade rumors for like another week or two, and I'm excited for it to ramp up. But there's been some pretty significant trades already. But that Ryan O'Reilly one, big move for the Leafs. I like it, and uh, bring on more trades, baby. I'm all about it. I need all of the trade. I want like I just want chaos. That's all I want. And so like, and that's partially why I want to see Patrick Kane and Eric Carlson go to the Oilers. But like. I want it for the Flyers, too. Not chaos, but just lots of trades. We've had chaos. I good trades. We've had more than enough chaos. I, I don't need yeah. Unless it's good chaos, like the Paul Holmgren kind, you know. But we're not getting that with Chuck Fletcher, no. Old, uh, no, not at all. Old yeah. 2% milk Chuck over there. Who are we kidding? Chuck drinks whole milk, 100%, with like a ham sandwich. He's skim milk. Skim milk. He can't handle the whole. It's just too spicy for him. Yeah, he's got to go skim. He's a, uh, he, like, when he has, when he asks for hot sauce, he reaches for the ketchup. Oh, oh, that's, that's the level of spice he can handle right there. Yeah. (laughs) The Oilers have to do something because, I mean, they They will. I think they're going to. They have two of the best players in the world and they don't do shit with them every year. It's, yeah. They're not even going to win their division at this point. I mean, that division's actually year, pretty tight at the top, but the Oilers ain't part of the conversation right now. Every year I look at the standings and I just assume that the Oilers are like really high up and they never are. And I don't know how this is possible when you have possibly the best player who's ever lived and Leon Dreisaitl, who has won a heart, a heart trophy. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. I, and, by the way, I said they weren't close. They're they're three points out of first right now. Oh, are they actually? Yeah, but they they have one game in hand. It's, it is actually pretty tight all the way across, though. Vegas. Oh has, yeah, it's a really tight thing. Yeah. Vegas has seventy three. L A has got seventy one. Seattle's got seventy, and Edmonton's got seventy. But Seattle has a game in hand on Edmonton. But like, and maybe this is more a testament of the Western Conference. Like the East is just stacked because you got Boston, you got Carolina. Um, you got New Jersey, which is so funny to say the Rangers, like, and then out West, like the best teams are barely breaking 70 points. And yeah. Yeah. It's weird, but they're all jumbled together. It's, it's weird. It's a really, really weird situation out West. The points difference between the best team in the West and the teams like competing for wild card spot so like let's say the flames who were the team just out of the wild card right now and the vegas knights is 10 points okay the vegas knights have 73 the calgary flames have 63 minnesota wild have 67 it is tight whereas in the east the boston bruins have 91 points the pittsburgh penguins have 63 yeah it's crazy like it's It's also crazy how good boston is they're just insane they're beating the shit out of everybody they don't even have to and do you know, anything at you know the trade what's gonna be funny? No, they don't even have to. Yeah, they don't have to do a single thing. But the funny thing about it is they're probably still going to lose <laughs> early in the playoffs. We'll see. I this is the, the last ride of Patrice Bergeron. So this, uh, you know, could have that emotional oh, yeah. weight for them. Yeah, they have something to play for now. Yeah. And Krejci came back. So that's that was another one that really helped this team. You know, getting a couple right. bargain bin guys that can. <laughs> uh, whatever. They're good. They're good. We're bad. They're Great. really good. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap it up. But the last thing I wanted to talk about before we go is the son of Urs. Samuel Urson. Samuel Urson is 
out here crushing it again. He just came back, made his triumphant return, and beat the Calgary Flames. <laughs> and he has started his career 6-0-0 in the NHL. And I know goaltending wins and losses don't mean jack shit, but it's still pretty impressive for this guy to come out of nowhere and be as good at the NHL level as he has been so far. He is so incredibly good. Like, the the game he had against the Flames the other night was spectacular. They, the Flyers should not have won that game, especially in the first period. The How Flames many two-on-one so opportunities many... did the Flames have in that game that he just shut down? It was actually really, really amazing. It was an incessant amount. And I don't know how, like, he was the whole reason the Flyers really had any chance after the first period. Because anyone else in goal that night, I think it's an ugly, ugly loss. But he he made some huge saves, some key stops earlier on in the game. And then he just kind of kept it going throughout the rest. Now, granted, his third period was a little rough. He let a couple get by him. But, like, I don't care. Like, this kid's show, turning out to be very solid. And it's hard not to be a little bit excited. I know it's early in his career. He's probably just going through a hot streak right now. But, man, it's you love to see this. Like, you really love to see this a lot. And they just got to keep – they got to stick with him and they got to give him more – keep giving him some minutes. I mean, it's good to have this nice one-two punch in, in net right now. It is. And for a franchise that's struggled with goaltending for as long as I can remember, having – two prospects with any semblance of talent, let alone three, if you include uh Fedotov, whatever is going on with him is really exciting. Yeah. It's, it's like all those years of the flyers, not having a goalie, like it all just like all the bad luck just, or all the good luck is just crashing down now. And so the flyers have like an abundance of good goalies. And by the way, I, I realized I just called Carter Hart a prospect. Like, Guy's not a prospect. He's been the starter for the Flyers for a couple of years now. Yeah. He's definitely not a prospect. But, you know, he is young, though. And to have young guys he's with only this... only 24. Yeah, he's very young, which is... It's... <laughs> I know it's nowhere near that, but, you know, given the Philadelphia media's pension... Meaty. The media... The Philadelphia media's penchant for just exaggeration here and, and just dragging up hot takes. I w- I'm waiting for the first person to be like... I think a couple of minor theories like that's been floated, but like saying like, Hey, what if uh, Urson's a guy you could just uh, trade Carter Hart now? No, that's insane. <laughs> it is insane, but it won't it's stop people, people from talking about do it. This. They always do this. Like, I don't know. It's, you have to, <laughs> you have to have two good goalies, first of all. And, you know, at some point, yeah, you got to make a decision, but like, that's not something that's going to happen. Like when you have them both on like good contracts like this, if you get an unbelievable, you cannot turn it down type of deal, then sure. Make a move. But like it's the only way I'm trading hard. Yeah. You, you got to knock no, my socks off, baby. Got to keep rolling with the, the dynamic one, two punch in net. There you go. Where keep... there are worse problems to have as a wise, as a wise scholar once said, keep rolling, rolling, rolling. What? <laughs> There you go. I got. I what? think I got all the, all the fly purpley references in. Now that I dursted, you did. There that we go. That was impressive. You, this has been an impressive show for the references. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm well. It's early. It's not 10 p.m. and I'm not just on fumes at this point. So I still have energy. So yeah. There you go. I can I can crank them all out, and I'm on a tight timeline. And speaking of that, it's time to go. Sorry for the short show, but again, in the words of the other wise, he's not wise. Cole fucking Beasley's not wise. Sorry, not sorry. 
Folks, we got to go. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.musk. Quigs, where can people find you on the Twitter machines? You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Hit that subscri- subscribe button. Hit that, hit that follow button. Well, you know, it's been impressive, but it's also been very unimpressive for us at times because we've both had big like moments. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. You can find Quiggs at Ryan wow. Quiggs. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum, if it's for hockey purposes, make it fly perbly. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Fly Perbly is on Instagram and TikTok as well. Don't know what we're doing on TikTok, but, you know, I don't know how to dance either. That's great. <laughs> all right, folks. Awesome. We love you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow.